Welcome. The following message is from the pulpit ministry of the First Baptist Church of Festus Crystal City, Missouri. We welcome you to find out more about our church on our website at www.fbcfcc.org or check us out on our Facebook page at First Baptist Church, Festus Crystal City. Everyone doing this morning? Good. Get enough rest? Anyone wake up being like in a rush to get here and then realize it was no one? Okay, that's fine. It's okay if you were that person. I don't want to single you out either. So, uh, so this past weekend, uh, our students went to Logan Valley. I don't know if you've heard of it. Um, it's been a uh, student ministry retreat camp center in our history of our church that our students have gone. And so we went there last weekend. We talked about uh, what it looks like to be renewed. And we talked about uh, being renewed in our, our minds and our hearts and in our pursuit and so that's what we're talking about this morning because I think what is good for students is good for all of us. So uh, we, we talked about that. And today I want us to kind of focus on our pursuit and, and what we're pursuing. Um, because our pursuit and what we're going after tells the story of where our hearts and our minds are at. Um, the things that we're chasing after that aren't holy or pleasing to the Lord tell us where our hearts and our minds dwell, what we're thinking about, what we're what we're putting in our minds, what we're putting in our hearts. And so as we think about our pursuit, uh, I love Disney movies. I enjoy going to the Disney parks as well. Uh, and the Disney movie Aladdin, which has one of the best soundtracks. Um, I, I like Tarzan too. Those are my favorite two. But so if you want to go listen afterwards, you're more than welcome to. Uh, but we see two totally different people to pursuing two totally different things. Uh, Jafar, who is the villain in Aladdin is pursuing everything based on self and in, in, in a similar way so is Aladdin so Jafar his goal is to pursue this lamp that has the genie right and so he he tricks Aladdin who is a street rat and and goes to the cave of wonders they find the genie and he doesn't get it Aladdin does but eventually Jafar does get the genie and he, his wishes are all based on pursuing power and glory his first wish is to rule on high as sultan. The second is to be the most powerful sorcerer in the world. And third, to be an all-powerful genie. Aladdin uses his, his wishes in the same kind of heart, but it's more not necessarily about being powerful or, or pride, but he wants to win the heart of Jasmine, the love interest in the Disney movie. But his, his attempts are all built on a lie. Because throughout the movie, he battles telling her the truth about who he is, where he comes from, all that good stuff, because they already had met. I don't know if you've seen Aladdin, but you may want to. It's good. Uh, but So his wishes are to become prince. Um, there's, a, there's a wish in where he's uh, being almost killed, like he's trying to be dr uh, drowned. And like they say that's a wish, but it's not really. But his, his, So his second real wish is to free the genie. But in... Just in the same way they're pursuing these things, we're pursuing something. We're pursuing whether it's a job, popularity, uh, wealth, um, whatever the case may be, we're pursuing something. But are we pursuing Jesus with all that we are? Are we making everything else, or are we making everything are we making everything secondary to him or are we putting him secondary to everything? So we're gonna look be in 2 Corinthians 
today, uh, chapter 5, as we look at who we are in Christ and how that should change our hearts, our minds, and our pursuit of Jesus. In verse 17, we will start, and it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to him and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin, who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Let's pray. King Jesus, we just come before you, God, in awe of who you are. You are the king of the world. You are creator. You are sustainer of life. And there are so many more words that we could describe who you are. God, help us to just experience you today. That we'd be changed. That we'd be renewed. That we would uh, seek to remove the things in our lives that are distracting or taking place of who you are. Or who you should be in our lives. God, I pray that you would be glorified that you would be praised with all that we are this morning. We love you. We pray this in your name. Amen. So in reading this, there's one big thing that, or I guess two big things that we need to understand. The first thing is this, and we'll have some subpoints in this as well, is that if we are in Christ, we're a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. And why or how is this possible? It's because Jesus came to the earth. He lived a life that we couldn't live. He died a death that we couldn't, and he rose again, giving victory over sin and death and bringing life to those who trust in him. Ephesians 2 tells us that we're dead in our sins. There's nothing we can do to change that. And verse 4 is the best two verses, or two words in all scripture is, but God. We were this, this, and this, but God. We were this, and this, and but God. So when we're in Christ, we're a new creation. Romans 5 8 through 11 says, But God showed his love for us, and that while we are still sinners, Christ died for us. Since therefore we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more now that we are reconciled shall we be saved by his life. More than that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ through whom we have now received reconciliation. When we trust Christ, we instantly become a new creation. This process is called justification. Just if I'd never sinned, we are declared righteous because God sent Jesus who imputed his righteousness to us. He gave it to us. It's not our righteousness. It's Jesus imputed to us. But at the same time, we begin this process of recon or, uh, sanctification which is a daily process of us becoming more and more like Christ. And we do that by denying ourselves, picking up our cross, and following Jesus. Being a new creation means that we have a new everything, a new life, a new relationship, a new king, a new master, a new hope, a new faith, a new family, a new courage, a new boldness, a new courage, I said that twice, new desires, new trust, a new purpose, a new mission, and a new pursuit. Everything in Christ is new. We no longer pursue the things of the world, money, power, pleasure, etc. We could go on and on and fill in the blanks. 
we pursue Jesus with all that we are. Everything we have or everything we will be is his to do with what he pleases. We're a new creation, but we also need to go, as we go through sanctification, we need this renewal in our lives because we're prone to wander away from Jesus, right? Like just this week, we could probably go through time and time again of just decisions that we made that were like, I wanted to be king. I wanted my way and not to follow the Lord. So to do this, we need to renew some things. And this renewal process isn't like uh, a weekend retreat, which those things are great and helpful to help gauge our focus back on Jesus. But we need to renew our hearts and minds every single day. When we wake up, uh, we need to say, I'm going to pursue Jesus and not self. So how do we do that? We renew, our, our minds need to be renewed. Renewed. Our minds are sinful, and we know that. We can be praising Jesus here today, and once we leave, we can be, like, cursing people in our minds because they cut us off in traffic, our order at the Mexican restaurant because there's, like, 20 in this area. Uh, I make that joke a lot. Um, <laughs> but uh, it takes too long, whatever. As we follow Jesus, we allow him to transform our lives by destroying the lies of the enemy that he's constantly uh, telling us. His, his tactics aren't any different than they were in the garden. He's trying to uh, tweak or distort or change God's word for us to believe that and then act upon that belief. And we take those lies, we destroy them, and replace them by the word of God. In John 8, 44, Jesus calls, uh, refers to Satan, the devil, the enemy. You are the father of, or he's talking to people, but he says, you are the father of the devil. Your, your will is to do your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. When we are conflicted with should we honor the Lord or should we not? Why do we believe the lies that Satan is coming after us? Because they appeal to us. There's things that our, our flesh, our desires want. But when we desire the things of God, we replace those lies, those things that we want with the things that God wants. In, in uh, Romans 12, 1 through 2, Paul says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, Present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. We need to be transformed by the renewal of our mind, taking the garbage out and letting God put his word in our mind, that we may test and discern what his will is. When we're living in sin, when we're not soaking up the word of God in our lives and transforming our minds, there's no reason or we shouldn't wonder why we're not following the Lord or why we don't see his blessings in our life, why we don't know what path to follow. It's because we're pursuing sin and self and not God. As we cling to the word of God, we memorize it, we meditate it, and on these we, uh, life-giving words, we become transformed. We dwell on the things of God and allow him to change and renew our minds. Just as our phones, when we're constantly on them, need to be recharged, we need to be recharged. And the only way we can be recharged and be in is by being plugged in to the source of life. That is Jesus. 
So our minds need to be renewed, but our hearts need to be renewed as well. Because our hearts are the source of evil. Jeremiah 17.9 says, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? Our hearts are nasty, dirty, rotten, filthy things. About self, about pleasures. When the world, when culture, when all of entertainment tells us to follow our hearts, we should be quick to run away. Because our hearts tell us to do sinful, wicked things. And we need to replace or let the Lord change our hearts to be what he has called us to be. In Proverbs 16, 9, it says, The heart of the man plays his, plans his ways, but the Lord establishes his steps. We're great about planning what we want to do and when we want to do it. But are we seeking the Lord to say, hey, what do you have in store for me? What are you desiring for me in my life? Our hearts are renewed when we trust God, when we confess our sins to him, when we delight in the Lord and focus on his truth. And where we're going to kind of camp out for the rest of our time this morning is that our pursuits need to be renewed. We're in Christ. We're a new creation. And there's another thing in there that we are now that we are in Christ, and that is we are a minister of reconciliation. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, new creation, you jump back or down to verse 18. It says, all this is from God who through Christ reconciled us to him and gave us this ministry of reconciliation. He reconciled us to help reconcile others. We don't do the reconciling, but we take the message of reconciliation to all people. As followers of Jesus, we have been entrusted with this mission to make this glorious gospel known wherever we're at. Whether we're at our work, whether we're at Walmart, whether we're at school, it doesn't matter. That's our job. As some of our students are going through the, the way of the master, the student edition on Saturday mornings, and yesterday we were talking about what it would look like if we woke up every day ready to pursue someone for Jesus. Thinking about it, praying about it, getting ready for it. Are we a people, are you a person that wakes up and says, I'm pursuing fill in the blank for Jesus today? Because if you're a follower of Jesus, you're called to do that. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. It's our mission. Wherever there's a lost person, we must go. Whether we can go physically or help send someone else. And we have a great opportunity with that with our church going to El Salvador. There's people there that need the gospel, and we're going. There's also people that need the gospel right here. So what are we doing to, do, to extend that to them? We get caught up in a lot of pursuits that aren't kingdom-driven, that cause us to be distracted from the mission of God. We're so concerned about wealth, power, popularity, retirement, vacationing, whatever, that we miss out on what God has in store for us. Those aren't necessarily bad things, right? But when they overcome the mission of Jesus, when they overcome what we're called to do, they become idols and stumbling blocks for us to follow Jesus. When we delight in Jesus, as Psalm 37 says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of our heart. 
when we think about that, we're delighting in Jesus. We're not getting the things we want. We're getting the things that God wants for us. We're, we're, we're saying, Jesus, I'm in because I delight in you. I love you. I want you. I'm not concerned about all these extra things, all these things that are good things, but I want you. And when we delight ourselves in Jesus, we're going to delight ourselves in the mission of Jesus. So how would your life look differently if you were leveraging everything you have, everything you are, everything you hope to be for the sake of the gospel? Your positions, your, your finances, your, your homes, your neighborhoods, your vehicles, everything for the sake of the gospel. Do your friends, your coworkers, do they see Jesus through you? Or do they know, not even know that you're a follower of Jesus? And if they don't, you may want to evaluate where, if you really are a follower of Jesus. Because there's joy in following Jesus. There's joy in the Lord. Paul tells us, if we continue in verse uh, uh, 20, there we are, uh, that we are ambassadors for Christ. We think of ambassadors. We know what ambassadors are. They travel to another language or language country. They live there. They dwell there. They, they are there on behalf of their home country. They're speaking on behalf. They're acting on behalf of their country and of the president of the United States or whatever country they're from. In the same way, we are ambassadors for Christ. Wherever we go, wherever we dwell, whatever we do, we are there for a purpose of making the gospel known. So if you're in a school, how does the gospel how is the gospel being made known in that school? Your job, etc. Matthew 28, 18 through 20 says, And Jesus said to them, All authority in, in, on, in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded. Behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. The best part of this is that we're not alone. As we renew our hearts, as we renew our minds and let God really renew those things, and as he renews our pursuits, he's there every step of the way. We don't need to fear, because honestly, fear is of the devil. He's telling us lies that, hey, they're not going to like you if you share the gospel. Hey, they're going to make fun of you if you share the gospel. You're going to get persecuted, and that might really happen. But too often we're so concerned about that that we're not wanting to share. Because we believe the lies that Satan is telling us. The great news about Jesus telling us to go is that he also tells us in Revelation the fulfillment of all these things. We, if we share the gospel, if we're obedient to him, we don't know what that person is going to say. But we do know in Revelation 7, 9 through 12, that every nation, tribe, tongue, and people are going to be present before the Lord. When he comes back and gets his people and calls us to be with him, we will be with him. And so will those we share this good news with. After this, I looked and behold a great multitude that no one could number. From every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. Clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands and crying out with a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God, who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And all the angels were standing around him. The throne and, the, and around the elders and the four living creatures 
And they fell on their faces before the throne and worshiped God, saying, Amen. Blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. When we think about being renewed, our hearts, our minds, our pursuits, when in reality, our pursuits never renew. It's just, are we going to be obedient to it? Our hearts can be renewed because we're being transformed. Our minds are being transformed, transformed, but the pursuit is always there. It's to know Jesus, to love Jesus, to make Jesus known wherever we go. But some of us in this room may not know Jesus. We may not have ever made a decision to follow Jesus and leave sin and self to pursue him. And I just want to echo what Paul says in the verse 20. He says, we implore you on behalf of Christ to be reconciled to God. Don't wait. In chapter 6, Paul talks about today being the day of salvation. Don't wait to to say yes to Jesus because we aren't guaranteed another moment. But that also means don't don't not say yes to Jesus in everyday life. To obey him either. That even makes sense. Obey Jesus too. Let's say it that way. Don't, don't think that, oh, I can obey him later. I can do that later. I can talk to this person about Jesus later. Today is the day we need to follow and obey Jesus. So come to him. Come to Jesus. He will give you a new heart. He will give you a new mind. He will give you a new pursuit. So if you are in Christ, how are you leveraging your life for the sake of the gospel? As a new creation, we submit to God's authority in our lives, in every area of our lives. We allow him to transform and renew our hearts, minds, and to be on mission with Jesus. Let's pray. God, you are so good to us. God, we we thank you that in you we can have life. God, that when we fall short of your glory, when we fall short of, of what you're doing in our lives, God, that you um, draw us back to you, that you want to renew us and transform us and make us more like Jesus. God, I pray, Lord, that you would work in our hearts. God, that you would draw us back to you. If we've wandered off, if we've fallen short of your glory and we're just living in sin, God, help us to repent of that, trusting in the goodness of our God for forgiveness of sin. God, we are so in awe of you this morning. You are a great and merciful God. Everything that you do. We're going to stand for... Thank you for joining us today for another in-depth message into God's Word. May God richly bless you, and we invite you to join us in person for worship at 815 or 1045 every Sunday morning. We are located at 107 North Truman Boulevard in Crystal City, Missouri.